We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The oh my god, the sky is falling edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, and I am joined today by the one and only Ross Uglum. Ross, let us dive right in to this predicament, to this pickle that we find ourselves in at the, at the, the end of five weeks, where 
the Packers, some would say, they effed around and they found out in London. And this was kind of a reflection of how they've really played the last three weeks. And kind of one of those things that we knew probably was coming um, because they just, quite frankly, haven't put together a full game. Uh, there's various reasons for that. Let's jump into the the first one after watching the tape, Ross. Uh, people are calling for Joe Barry's job. And one thing that I was a little bit baffled with is I, I am not a Joe Barry stan. Not at all. And I feel like, Ross, you and I kind of talked about this all offseason. And Ross, you you have been maybe the most outspoken person even before this year, kind of talking about, hey, Joe Barry is not that cool. And <laughs> one thing you know we talked about all offseason. One thing that I I feel like both of us kind of have talked about was, hey, they've got the dogs to run a, a an NFL defense, but Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator. So let's wait and see and we are seeing right now we are seeing what it looks like we are seeing guys who look like they have regressed we have seen guys not take jumps um everything everything that kind of could have gone wrong is going wrong and ross i i do want to talk about because i know that you are not a joe barry fan as previously stated and i want to know specifically, you know, and you don't, you know, let's, let's talk about the last three games. Let's talk about this season so far, specifically in your opinion, what exactly is going wrong with this defense? And is there, is it salvageable? And what the hell does that look like? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't realize, I guess today I had mentioned Fangio um, and, He's consulting for the Eagles. I don't know how ironclad those consultant contracts are. I don't know, you know, if, if you have a, a full-time coordinator position on the table, if you can get out of something like that, but still makes it what was already kind of a long shot, a long shot. And, and you know, people throwing, like, throwing around like Zimmer's name. The thing is, you have to – you, you kind of have to employ a 3-4 base – split safety DC, you know, um, you, you can't, like someone said Zimmer. Yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> and I don't think anybody from like the Gus Bradley cover three tree is going to work either right now. Like you, you're going to have to either go down with the Barry ship, fire him and have one of his assistants do it, or have someone come in who has taught the Fangio Staley Barry system, because, changing all the verbiage and trying to install a different defense. I, I just like, I think they could play single high. I, th- I think like to have, you know, Savage play deep middle and not screw too much stuff up. And I think that Douglas and Stokes could be decent cover three corners, but that's it. That's neither here nor there. You, you can't just do that in the middle of the year. And so, um, that's sort of the corner that they painted themselves into, man. They're going to end up probably going down with the ship unless they, uh, unless they, uh, you know, have an assistant do it, have somebody who's under Barry do it. Now, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with the scheme? Um, it's 
it's not well taught. You see a ton of communication errors. You see just dropped receivers. Uh, sometimes they're all pro receivers that get dropped, uh, a lot of Justin Jefferson. But more than that, it's just the um, the softness, the uh, allowing folks to get yardage and always just preventing the big play and preventing the big play and preventing the big play. And, and ultimately I get that, you know, I get um, not wanting to give up 80 yard chunks, but when your red zone defense, isn't that good. When your run defense, isn't that good. When you're not creating turnovers to steal possessions, this just letting them pick up six, seven yards at a time and bleed you for eight, nine minutes doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And and they also don't have, I mean, the the, the basis, the absolute basis of a, a well-run uh, Barry scheme, you have to have an interior disruptor, and they should have that in Kenny Clark. You should have edge rushers that can get pressure, and they, they should have that too. But what they don't have is the ability to have both of those safeties like John Johnson III did for the Rams when he was there. Both of those safeties need to be able to fly down because the whole point of the defense is you're giving a, a, a light box look. But because your safeties are so athletic and such good tacklers, what looks like a six-man box becomes a seven, an eight, a seven-and-a-half-man box just out of scheme and out of their ability to get downhill and make plays. And Darnell Savage just ain't that guy. And nobody that backs up Darnell Savage is that guy. And Adrian Amos is kind of that guy, but right now Quay Walker's lost trying to fit the run. The the defensive linemen are getting displaced. Like Sebastian Joseph Day is not on this defensive line, much less Aaron Donald. Like those guys just aren't there. Uh, Dean Lowry is not Sebastian Joseph Day. They're, they're, it's, it's a square peg round hole situation. And it's not a great it's not a great scheme unless you have dudes at those positions. Also, the cornerback thing is driving me insane. You watch Rasul Douglas get a holding call because he doesn't have the change of direction to uh, to to move with these interior receivers. When you have Jair Alexander out on an island on the outside, also not having that much success. Like flopping those two should be a layup for any any functional defensive coordinator. Any defensive coordinator. I don't mean to say with a with a brain in his head, but just like any any professional should see, the most basic thing is you have a potential elite level nickel in Jaw, and you have someone who kind of struggles inside in Sewell. By the way, who kicks ass outside, which is frankly the more valuable position. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't which know. Is is that why? I mean, I I wonder if that's why they're reluctant to do that because the outside spot is more valuable. So they're like, well, Jaw is our best outside corner on the team, so why not have him out there? But like, because teams will nickel you to death, and they've showed yes, it in the past. They used to find out. They used to find Chandon and beat him to death. And the other thing is, there is a reason that this past defense seemingly got worse with the addition of Jair Alexander. And it's not, yeah. because, Jair, it's not because Jair's not good. It's because the the three corners with Stokes, Nixon, and Sewell, with the two outside corners being Sewell and Stokes, is a better combination with Nixon inside. Uh, but now take out Nixon and substitute Jair. And it's not, Ross, it's not just, okay, there are your three. Leave them there the whole game. Don't ever – like there's the, the lack of creativity and imagination is what kills me because just because you're kicking Jair inside on obvious passing downs 
um, or 75% of the time, that's fine. Let him still go play outside when, when the scheme, when the, when the offensive formation calls for it, that's fine. But the lack of creativity and the lack of just willingness to adjust and willingness to try anything else is what kills me. I, I don't know who it was, but the meme of, well, we try, we tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Like that is literally what it looks like right now. Part of me wonders, Ross, if Joe Barry, his idea going into this season was kind of drinking a lot of their own Kool-Aid thinking, wow, we have a lot of studs on defense. I just, I just need to stay out of their way. And seemingly if you would have, if you would have said, Hey, here's the path for major regression for this defense. Uh, Sewell needs to not play as good. Devondre needs to not play as good. Jair needs to not be up the all pro level. Oh, Adrian Amos and John Savage need to fall off an absolute cliff. Like that is all happening. The only two guys out there that I would say, yeah, are three, I'd say three guys out there that are still holding up their end of the bargain are Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Kenny Clark. Outside of those three guys, pretty much everyone else has regressed, seemingly. And at a certain point, Ross, like you talked about the defense being taught. And anybody that's ever been in a classroom that, that's ever taught anything, you know, when you teach something, it, our educational systems are assessment based. The formative assessment for how you are teaching this defense, Joe Barry, is is game days. And you're failing. You're failing. Five weeks now, you have failed. So you need to go back to the drawing table and say, my students are failing the tests. How can I do it differently? What can we do differently? What, what do I need to what do I need to say to get to them to really hammer home our, our core principles or what we want to get done with this defense? Because right now it seems like they just they don't have an identity. Everything that they've done well so far this year, and you know, credit to them. They they were great on third downs before this last week. But that was bonkers to watch how bad they were on third downs. But by Daniel Jones himself making him look like an absolute all pro out there. I mean, just make and credit credit to Daniel Jones. He played really well, but the Packers did not do anything to make it difficult for him. And Ross, we were, I mean, I think you saw my tweet today when I just pointed out the Packers as a defensive whole, not just secondary, not just Eric Stokes, not just Rasul Douglas as a whole have four PBUs and one interception. Just to put this in perspective, Charvarius Ward, who is a guy that the Chiefs didn't even want because he has not been very good. He has seven PBUs and two interceptions this year alone. And and, and Charvarius Ward is not as talented as the top three corners on Green Bay's roster. So what is the deal? What's the holdup? And I think you said it best, Russ. These guys are not being put in a position to even make plays on the ball. They're playing so soft. They're letting everything happen in front of them and coming up and tackling. And like that, a lot of, and across the NFL, a lot of teams are doing that. Absolutely. But not, I mean, you cannot live and die with that. There are times where you have to get aggressive. There are times where uh, you need to, to flip the script. And and the Packers are doing that too. The issue is, is I don't think situational football is good at all on the defensive side of the ball in Green Bay. I mean, situational football, it would indicate, like the last game, Ross, situationally on first downs, they were really good. Repeatedly, they would get them in second and long and then immediately give up 
eight yards. And now it's third and manageable again uh, for an, a struggling offense that you want to be able to take the running game out of their pocket. But okay, it goes from second and 12 to third and three. Now just a handoff to Saquon Barkley, who is absolutely uh, wrecking people this season. Like that's just, that's you can't have that. And situationally, that's bad football. That's just not smart, especially when it, it continues to fail over and over and over again. And the the lack of any type of adjustment throughout the entire game, all the way down to the last scoring drive, which they took the lead, is just so disheartening to watch as a Packers fan. So that, to me, Ross, is, is, is what kills me. And I, I agree with you. I don't think... I don't think the Packers do business that way. I would be shocked if they get rid of Joe Barry. They would. It would have to be like they if they lose the next two games to New York and Washington, who have you know bottom third offenses as well. Maybe, maybe so. Because then you're talking time, about you're talking about saving your season at that point. Well, what time? What time of day is that Buffalo game? That's a prime time game, isn't it? Should I be. see if I think if Josh Allen puts fifty on his head, it's possible in front of the entire country. With the way this defense has been though in the past, like those are the games they get up for some for some reason somehow. I, pfft, sure, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know, but I'm sure. just saying just how wonky it is. But I don't know, man. And I think it is. It's kind of unprecedented to. I can't think of a time in the past where a, a, a coordinator was fired this quickly into the season for a team that still has pretty big aspirations. What's unique to Green Bay, though, is their window's closing fast. And yeah. and this is – and do they, do they you learn can't their lesson? The, you can't, you do, can't throw the baby out, of the ba- out with the bathwater this season. You can't. No, you can't. And that's why, you know, I, I don't – I think the Fangio thing just isn't going to happen. I think it would be an internal guy, but – And I get – I get like I, I understand the take of this game was really on the offense and I, that's fine. I mean, you, I'll, I'll go with that a little bit. But you talk well, about let's stop, let me stop. Like that, that actually bugs me because the offense in the second half they had got the ball four times, one time including with ten seconds left. They yeah. they they marched down into scoring range twice. Once was just a really bad sack that Royce Newman got absolutely dog walked into. Aaron Rodgers. And the other one was the fourth and two play, which has been discussed. Like the offense was actually, they didn't capitalize, but they moved the ball in the second half. Uh, People want to point out the three and out. And I get that. I really do. That was a a baffling sequence of plays. Um, But that was one drive in the second half that you can kind of point to and be like, that was bad. The other two were, were fine. They just need to finish with points. And this game is a lot different. Um, But But Here's here's the biggest problem. The first two drives by the Giants, 11 plays, 56 yards, 7 minutes, field goal. The next drive, 15 freaking plays, 91 yards, 8 minutes and 7 seconds, touchdown. The next drive, 6 plays, 60 yards, touchdown, 3 minutes, 34 seconds. That is 18 minutes of the half right there. Before Green Bay got the ball with five minutes left in the fourth quarter and turned it over on downs, that was the obviously the two batted ball stuff. But your the defense was just constantly getting 
paper cut, paper cut, paper cut, and keeping the offense on the sideline. There's no way for the offense to get in a rhythm when the defense is just allowing and allowing and allowing. No, get these six, get these seven, get these six, get these seven. It it's 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 killing. It's killing the offense the way the defense is playing. And they are not blameless by any stretch. No. But no. the complementary football side of Joe Barry's defense straight up gave up five consecutive scores. Five consecutive scores. And that is how you lose the game. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called liquid death, you may ask? Well, it's because liquid death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about liquid death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors, Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. And you talk about complimentary football, and that is just something that for whatever reason, and this goes back to the Mike McCarthy days with their defense not being able to get stops. If for whatever reason underneath Aaron Rodgers, complimentary football just seems like something that's not allowed. 
in Green Bay, and that's really too bad. And the the one thing that I do wonder with Matt Lafleur is is he going to make the same? Is he thinking about Slayton or God? I already forgot the special team coordinator's name from last year, Maurice Drayton. Is he going to let something like that drag on all year again, where it seemed like Drayton was kind of a, a lame duck type coach? as a special teams coordinator. And ultimately it came back to bite them in the butt and they lost the playoff game because of it, because, you know, I don't know if them making a switch earlier in the year would have done anything, probably not, but at least they could have gone back and said, Hey, we, we tried, we tried. And is that going to happen again with this defense? And I, I, if I had truth serum and I could sit down with Matt LaFleur, I would ask him that and say, is that on your mind? Is that something you're thinking about this year? Because you talk, you did you listen to Lafleur after the presser? He was annoyed. He was oh, very yes. annoyed with what was going on, and um, it, it you know he was mad at himself. He put the blame on himself like he always does. Uh, but he was a little bit snarky with some of the defensive questions that were being asked to him, and rightfully so. But ultimately, Ross, he's the guy that hired him, and that's that was his choice. And we've talked about that at great detail about the situation behind that how that all went down with Leonard and Joe Barry. And it just, it's, it kind of sucks. It just kind of sucks that they had to kind of go with their second or maybe even third option at the defensive coordinator spot. And right now they're, they're reaping the rewards, benefits, negative benefits. I don't know what you'd say, but uh, they're sleeping in the bed that they made. And that's kind of what we just are at right now with this team. Um, Offensively, Ross, this team, Seems like they just can't get out of their own way on offense. It seems like they, you know, going back to those three plays, the three shot plays pretty much that Rodgers took that just absolutely torpedoed that drive. Um, I just don't know. I don't know what the fix is on offense, but I do know on offense they have Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, and I just trust that they're going to be able to figure it out by the end of the year. I, there's just that trust. Who's that guy on defense? that they have that you're just like, ah, oh, this guy's not going to let them be this bad. It, it, it just doesn't exist. And that's what is so disheartening about the whole situation. And I think our buddy, uh, Weston Dorf, even I think he tweeted on Sunday, just if the Packers had the best defensive coordinator in the league and 11 all pros, I still think their defense would suck just because like, that's just the way it seems like it goes in green Bay. And it, it, it really is too bad. Um, you know, They've got a big one coming up next week in New York against the Jets, who just hung 40 on the Dolphins. And Robert Salas seems like he's got that team playing really well. We will find out a lot about this team, I think, with this next New York team coming to Green Bay. Um, after this team acted acted annoyed that they had to play in London all week, and now they get to play at home against Matt LaFleur's the best man in his wedding, uh, that this game's going to mean a lot to both those coaches uh, they're going to have their guys ready to go. They're going to give everything they got to get a win this week. Um, Matt LaFleur's does, teams. Can I go ahead. on a miniature rant, though? Like, yep. that does kind of suck. I mean, this whole unbalanced schedule thing is super dumb. But, like, what Green Bay accomplished last year playing eight at home and nine on the road was really impressive. Then you get your turn in the rotation where you're supposed to have nine at home and eight on the road, and you lose your ninth home game and you have to go to England and you lose that game. Like, it, it does suck. Because in a normal year with Aaron Rodgers, they'd go nine and zero or eight and one, and then mm-hmm. you you start talking about you know um, stealing one in Tampa, and you're well on your way to accomplishing a ton of goals. You know, win in Detroit, win in Chicago, uh, 
do whatever else. And I'm not blaming – like, I'm not. Like, they should have beat New, uh, the Giants 100%. It being in England, like, this was a failure without question. It just does suck that now they're going to have to go back next year and do eight on eight at home and nine on the road. And the real good chance the next time they have nine at home, eight on the road, Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. And and that does suck. But that's just a little uh, a miniature yeah. rant there. It does. You know, everything's still – I mean, everything is still in front of them. I will say, too, a lot of people are acting like this Giants team was like 0-5 coming into this game. Folks are 4-1. Right now, I mean, they're they're winning games. They're beating teams. One of the teams best, one of well. the best coach teams in football. Wink is awesome, and Dave is awesome. Yep, uh, you know they were undermanned, but their defense. Well, they they were undermanned, and they were well coached, and they they were more ready than the Packers were. And I think that says a lot in itself, right there. And hopefully, that is a wake up call. If you ever want to get a wake up call early, I mean, it's early in the season. It's a good time to get it. Uh, I suppose that's the silver lining for this. For this particular and this. Let me say this. And I'm, I'm not – and this will be my last thing. And I'm not picking on Jacob Westendorf. But, like, I see all the doom and gloom tweets about how they're not a contender and, um, you know, don't 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 waste assets trading for DJ Moore because they're not a serious contender. And, and maybe with uh, Joe Barry, that's true. But they won a Super Bowl with Dom Capers as a defensive coordinator, man. And they won a Super Bowl in a year that they went 10-6. and six. And if this team goes 11 and six and limps into the playoffs, maybe they'll have better luck than the teams that have been 13 and three and lost at home. You know, I, it's look at the two teams that made it last year, Russ. Yeah, that Rams team wasn't even that good. Neither was that Bengals no. team. Like, I, let's just let's just slow down. Do I think this team's going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But there's 31 other teams. I I'm just because they don't win week in and week out. Maybe in the way that they have the first three years of the Lafleur era. Guess what? The first three years of the LaFleur era, I believe, have one playoff win. Is that correct? Yep. Two, maybe? No, two. two. Seattle and uh, the Rams. It, it hadn't been that great. So learn from your losses. Move forward. The season's not over. Um, it just – the Joe Barry thing stinks. It, it stinks out loud. Uh, it does, but teams can get better. This is the National Football League. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have Matt LaFleur. They've got two of the best running backs. Offensive line, uh, Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are only going to continue to get better as they get more acclimated. Uh, there is a path to this team getting better, so don't let anyone tell you that there there is not. Is this team as talented as some of the teams in the past? Probably not. Uh, but less talented teams have won Super Bowl. So uh, we'll, we'll wait to see what all happens. Let's not end up on freezing cold takes. So uh, that's all from us this week. Hopefully we got better news next week when we see you guys. But until then, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.